0: Let's, uh, let's look at our text this morning, Matthew 3, 13 through 17. And this morning, uh, I'm going to be reading out of the NRSV translation. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up out of the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Short lectionary text for for today, um, but one that uh, can be... uh, talked about in a variety of different ways, and if you uh, look at uh, sermons or commentary on the baptism of Jesus, you can really find uh, a whole host of different ways to look at it, and I want to look at it just from uh, like three perspectives on baptism and look at what it might mean for our baptisms and what was um, the purpose for Jesus to get baptized uh, Richard Rohr, uh, the patron saint of Mission Hills, says that uh, baptism is the moment you get it. Baptism is the moment you get it. And I think that's probably one of the. Uh, I heard him say that years ago, and I think that's probably one of the best uh, short descriptions of what baptism um, can be. It's the moment that you get it. Last week. Uh, was the Feast of the Epiphany, and this is the first Sunday in the season of Epiphany. And Epiphany follows the Christmas season in the calendar, and it marks the events of the life of Christ that reveal something about who Jesus is. Contextually, Jesus' baptism is the first thing to happen to Jesus in the life of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew Um, after the Magi come and visit Jesus. So uh, last Monday, January 6th, was the day of Epiphany, and that marks the uh, celebration of the Magi bringing gifts to Jesus. And in the church calendar, that's considered uh, the Feast of Epiphany, which is a revelation about God's incarnation in the person of Jesus. So uh, many of you know what it's like to to have an epiphany, and so you can just kind of think about that whenever you think of um, the season of epiphany. It is revealing something, a light is going on about who is Jesus. So I think it's no small point to reflect on the fact that uh, the story of Jesus's baptism is the first thing um, that happens to Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. Why does Uh, The author of the gospel put this story first. 30 years later, Jesus is an adult, so that's uh, an interesting fast forward. The Magi visit Jesus as a child. 30 years later, we have this story. And uh, in order to be baptized, um, if it is thinking about it as a moment in when you get it, get something, epiphany, um, there has to be a catalyst. Going out into the unknown. Uh, Like we talked about in our text, Jesus goes out into the wilderness. Into the wilderness with John and his ragamuffin crew of religious outcasts. To really understand their purpose, like we said, as a reform movement within Judaism. And they're trying to re-understand what does it mean to be a person, what does it mean to be uh, a person of faith. Um, You know, we belong to this tribe, but we stand for something different than empire and the temple system that is caught up with, um, all the things with Rome and the violence that, um, was going on at that time. So this group of ragamuffin people are are out in the wilderness, and I think wilderness is, um, we know wilderness from, uh, the Old Testament is, uh, seen as a place for epiphany. The Israelites wander in the desert, the wilderness, for 40 years. The wilderness is, um, referenced a lot in uh, our Jewish texts. Um, Henry David Thoreau famously wrote, I went into the woods because I wished to live deliberately, to front only the essential facts of life and see if I could not learn what it had to teach and not when I came to die discover that I had not lived. The wilderness, the woods are are places where um, humans go out to find uh, and experience an epiphany. Baptism is the moment that you get it. Secondly, baptism, I think, is about letting go. Baptism is something that is done to you. You can't baptize yourself. That would be kind of weird. Um, It's something that you submit yourself to. It's something that you fall into. This is why Jesus in this text insists on getting baptized. He doesn't say, oh, no, I got it, John. I'll baptize myself. Um, He recognizes that there's a necessity to let go. Service and love do not work. Well, from a place of ego and law, but letting go into the experience of grace. Uh, Richard Rohr, again, um, you can sense a theme here, uh, submits, uh, he, he says this about Jesus and John the Baptist. He says, Jesus submits to John the Baptist, your life's purpose is given to you. It's the task within the task. You undergo it, you submit to it, you allow it, you surrender to it, you fall into it. You don't really steer your own ship in that direction. It very often comes in a moment of humiliation, failure, and falling apart. Uh, like Gabe said, um, you know, many people uh, find that experience when they are on the precipice, when they they sense that, uh, oh, I actually I have to let go of whatever it is, all all the stuff in their past, and you're at a moment where you surrender. And for baptism, um, whether it's a dramatic uh, surrender, you know, uh, like someone in in jail, or it's just a a surrender to what you have to surrender to, um, it is still the same act of letting go. So baptism is an act of letting go. (sighs) Lastly, I want us to reflect on um, baptism as initiation. Baptism is, um, like Richard Rohr said, the task within the task. Um, this A way to say, uh, a way to think about task within the task is this. It is what we are really doing when we are doing what we are doing. All right? Do I need to say that again? All right. The task within the task, rit- ritual initiation, it is what we're really doing when we're doing what we're doing. So it's like baptism, you're getting dunked in the water, sprinkled water over your head, or s- some water is usually involved. Um, what are we really doing when we're doing what we're doing, not only in baptism, but in life? One of the scholarly questions around Jesus' baptism follows a similar line of thinking. Why did J- Jesus get baptized? That is to say, what is Jesus really doing when he's doing what he's doing? Uh, and for us, thinking about uh, how we live our lives, I've said it before, most of us just like, we're, um, we're like task-oriented people. We're good, high-achieving Americans. Um, and a lot of times, we just, we live on the surface. We go about our tasks. We do what we need to do. Um, we get the job done. We punch the, the clock. And um, we go about our lives. Um, some of us go to school. Some of us get married. Uh, we find the job. We complain about traffic on the 405. This is just what we do. Uh, But the task within the task in authentic baptism, in life, is coming to a conscious awareness of what we're doing when we're doing what we're doing, of what does it all mean? What are we really doing when we're doing what we're doing? What does it all mean? I think that's a a common question when people come to a moment of baptism or initiation. Um, You know, you hear so many times, uh, so... I I love to run, and you hear so many times about um, people in, uh, like, their 30s or 40s that come to a moment, maybe they're, um, you know, out of shape and, uh, you know, there's a guy, uh, Rich Roll, who uh, lives in, in Malibu, and you know, he has a story that's very similar. Like, he uh, goes to put his kids to bed upstairs and realizes, like, I'm just winded going up the stairs. And you know, now he's known for being this ultra-athlete. You know, he runs 100-mile races and all the rest. Um, but he came to a moment in his life where he was a successful co- corporate lawyer living in Malibu and had everything he could ever really want, and then he gets winded going up the stairs and he's like, what am I really doing when I'm doing what I'm doing? And completely quit his job, changed his entire life and you know, now goes around inspiring people to uh, health and wellness and, and all the rest and just completely changed his life. And you hear stories about people like that you know, around that age where they, they reach the pinnacle of their career, whatever it is that they're doing, they do it really well. And there's absolutely the sense that uh, the satisfaction that they imagine when they reach the top is just not there. You see that professional athletes all the time win the Super Bowl, millions of dollars, great house, family, all the rest, and they're like, what does it all mean? What's the purpose? Um, that is a moment of I mean, initiation, potentially, if if, things, um, if you come to that kind of conscious awareness of what does it all mean? What am I doing when I'm doing what I'm doing? What, what is the purpose of my life? Uh, has anybody seen uh, Two Popes on Netflix yet? Yeah, okay, so if you haven't, uh, and you have a Netflix account, look up Two Popes a Night. There you go. You're welcome. Date night, Sunday night, all right? Um, great movie, uh, and I won't give a—it's based on uh, Pope Benedict and now Pope Francis, and their kind of relationships, very beautifully filmed. Um, but it's fascinating that Pope Benedict needed Jorge, who's now Pope Francis, um, in 2012, they kind of strike up an unlikely friendship. They have vast theological differences. Um, pope Francis from Argentina, Pope Benedict, uh, 10 years older, is from Germany. Vast theological differences. It's really, uh, Anthony Hopkins in the movie portrays Pope Benedict. It's just brilliant. Um, but he comes to this moment in like 2012 where he's reached the top. I mean, he's the Pope. And he has this profound sense of like, I'm now Pope, and I cannot feel the presence of God. I don't feel it at all. What? And so he, uh, through their convers him and Pope Francis, through their, through their conversations, he's not Pope Francis. Then um, he kind of comes to this realization that he needs to let go of being Pope, let, you know, quit the papacy, uh, which Pope Francis at the time did not want him to do, and let go in order to actually come to the place where he could find and experience God again. he was the Pope and like could not experience, uh, could not experience God. That's a profound moment of epiphany in the sense of letting go in through, uh, kind of a, a, a new strange initiation, sort of being rebirthed back into life after being the Pope. It's, um, Anyways, go watch the movie. It's, re- it's really great. Um, yeah, it's unbelievable. And he, he, there's a line where he's like, um, you know, I, it's been, I forget, it's, it's been years since I've heard God, um, and last two days of um, Francis being there, he's like, uh, but I've heard him through you. It's, re- it's really a really great line. Um, we spent much, uh, Richard Rohr. You can laugh. Uh, spent mo- <laughs> it says, we spent so much uh, time trying to save souls when most people haven't even found their souls. He said, you can't save something that you haven't found. Um, I think that um, goes along well with the, the experience of, of Pope Benedict. Uh, we all know people who have been baptized or who are very religious but their lives don't seem to reflect any kind of epiphany, any experience of letting go, or a lifelong process of initiation into a life of, like, devotion and service to love. We, we talk about them all the time at Mission Hills. I complain about them all the time to Andrea. She knows that I have a problem with this. But we can't do anything about that. But we know people who have been baptized who haven't really been baptized. Does that make sense? I don't know if it... Um, like I said, earlier in Matthew 3, there's a whole host of uh, religious people that come out to, to John to be baptized, and John's like, mm, this is not this kind of baptism that you're thinking of. Um, what is your life's deeper purpose? What, what is it that we're doing when we're doing what we're doing, whether we're teaching or whether we're um, driving on the 405? What is it, what is it that we're doing When we're doing what we're doing, baptism is the moment you get it. It's the first thing after epiphany, but it comes when we're ready to submit ourselves to others, not building up our own little empires and egos, but instead we give ourselves to the experience of letting go, whatever it is that we have to let go of. Jesus demonstrates that letting go leads to life's deeper purpose, our task within the task. Not going through the emotions, but embracing a deeper service and awareness to what it is that we're doing, what we're doing, what we're doing. Baptism, of course, isn't about water, and it isn't about the mechanics, but relenting to the experience of God's deep love. And in receiving the acceptance that we are accepted, what we do when we're doing what we're doing is baptizing the world in the same unyielding love. Let's pray.